Hey listeners, it's James. Just a quick note about today's episode. New gear, new podcast, new problems. We have a lot of mic pops and some buzzing going on in this episode, and I apologize in advance for the audio issues. Despite the issues, I hope you enjoy the content, and I promise we'll do better in the future. What's up, y'all? I'm sure you hear a little bit of racket in the background, but I just wanted to let you all know it's official. The pod's arriving. These guys are going to drop this beast. I'm going to stuff it full of mattresses and clothes that Denise is never going to wear. This thing is only 8 by 8 something like that. I think we're going to fill it pretty quickly. I think we've grossly underestimated how much crap we're going to send off to our next residence. I guess it really forces us to sort of downsize. I always tell the kids when they're buying stuff for mom for uh, her birthday, I always say to them, Hey kids, all you really need to buy her are extra napkins and more storage. So I think Denise is going to be really happy when she pulls up today. This is the kind of thing she like gets off on. There's no way Denise is going to fit all her stuff inside here. This is just too small. There's no way. Oh, I got my, my luggage won't even go in there. My luggage. We have like five of us. We each have two pieces of luggage. It's 10 pieces of luggage. It won't even fit in there. Now we're looking, honey. They're trying to do the swap, my hold, but I want to have it by tomorrow and I don't think it's going to happen. I'm still on hold. Do you do pickups on the weekends? Hey, it's me. I'm back. And uh, Denise's little mini pod that can fit a couch and a couple DVDs and grandma's old purse is going to get replaced with that 16 footer. It's on the back of the truck. I think what's important to remember here is my lovely wife, and she is lovely in so many ways when it comes to time measurements or measurement measurements or measurements. She's just not your girl, man, because she's always there to tell me I took way too long at the store or I was gone four hours at Costco. I love Costco. We need the 16 footer, even though we don't have 16 feet of anything worth keeping. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Hey, listeners. Ever wonder what it would be like to sell everything and travel the country at the tender age of 50? Well, with our last kid off to college and the ability to now work remotely, we've decided to do just that. So we're selling the house, loading up the dog, and hitting every city from California to Florida. We're scouring the country for a new place to call home and dragging you into every restaurant, Airbnb, and tourist trap we encounter along the way. This is the Skip Town All-Stars Podcast. What's up, All-Stars? Thank you for joining us for episode two. In our last episode, we discussed uh, how two 50-somethings were going to travel the country and the world, sell all their belongings, sell the house, spend their kids' inheritance, (laughs) you name it. And we were going to have a fantastic time doing it. Everything was going to come up roses. There was a lot of big talk about all the places we were going to go. We listed a bunch for you. We're here to check in with Denise to see how it's all going, babe. Uh, Not so amazing. Not so amazing. So we have our first figurative and literal bump in the road. (laughs) Okay. Okay, So here's what's happening. In the last episode, we talked about selling off everything, including our cars. 
we discussed how we are not independently wealthy. And with that being said, our cars are pretty darn old. So uh, one is 12 and the other one is 13. And they won't make they're it. Tweens. Or they're tweens. They are. They're new teenagers, our cars. <laughs> they act like it. Yeah. Every time we go to the mechanic, they throw a fit. Yeah. They do. Good one, babe. So with that being said, we're lucky if it makes the cars make it to the next town over. We definitely are not going to chance it across the country. So we're selling them along with everything else in our home. And we have decided to rent a minivan. We talked about it in episode one. Uh, it will fit my youngest daughter's articles for college since we're taking her to Seattle for uh, school. Go Red Hawks. It will uh, fit our dog, who we are not leaving back in L.A. Roxy. <laughs> and it will fit us and a few of um, our own belongings, a couple of suitcases or duffel bags. So that's how you picked a minivan. But the first bump in the road is this. Uh, we discussed in the last episode how James and I had a little bit of debt in our years of raising three children. So with that being said, we decided to go all cash for the last few years and renting a car has become more and more problematic. So rental car companies will allow you to rental car, but you need a debit card as they will not take cash. That is fine. You have a checking account, you have a debit card. And we rented uh, rental cars throughout um, the pandemic and trying out our little skip town uh, road trips. And we were fine renting a car with a debit card. Well, now most of them had changed their policy. If you want to rent anything larger than a sedan, you need a credit card. Mm. This has been a little troubling because I've called every single major. And because we don't have a credit card. Yeah. Did I, did I, did I miss that? We yeah. don't have a credit card. I'm sorry. Uh, you said it. You said, I think you alluded to okay, it. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, guys. We don't have a credit card. So we uh, started paying everything in cash the last four years, got rid of our credit cards, really wanted to try to be uh, more of a cash uh, family and not rely on credit cards so much and kind of get ourselves out of debt a little bit. Which feels really good. Yeah, but we can't rent a car with cash. Which doesn't feel so good. No. So I've called every single rental car company and to no avail, I cannot find a single one that will rent me a minivan with a debit card. They're happy to give me a Toyota Corolla, but that won't work. So what I had to do was figure out a way to get a credit card and fast. So um, I did. I went online. You, you can go to several different websites and you look for the one that has like whatever your parameters are. Uh, I need a certain uh, spending limit. I need about $3,000 because a rental car is roughly uh, for us right now, it's about $700 a week and they want double that and a little bit extra for a security deposit. So yeah. I need roughly at least around $3,000. So I had to find a credit card that I could get for $3,000 with a fairly good interest rate. So I spent almost six hours doing this. I know it sounds crazy, but when you call rental car companies to find out if they'll take a debit card, most of them don't answer. And they send you to someone in Bangladesh who will then tell you, oh, the local branch, you have to call them. But then again, no one answers. It has been Side note, yeah. if we ever make it to Bangladesh, we will answer your phone calls while we're there. So <laughs> we perhaps will. you'll get more customer assistance than you bargained for. At one point, I decided to get in my car and drive to the local rental car company. Since they didn't answer the phone, I figured I'd get a quicker <laughs> answer that way. Okay. 
but I didn't do that. I just got a credit card instead. So that was our first bump in the road. But the credit card came yesterday. I'm really happy. And now I can rent my minivan and not worry about getting rejected when I get to the counter. Uh, I did give ourselves an extra few days just in case. So we're leaving on a Monday. I pick up my rental minivan on a Thursday. So if I get any kind of problems whatsoever, um, I have Friday to get it figured out. But I think with this... <laughs> Fingers crossed, my <laughs> Lord. <laughs> you always want to think of the worst in That's this situation. That's true. No, it's good to have that plan. So I'm thinking of the worst, but I have a credit card now, so it's not going to, it's going to be just fine. So that was the first uh, little uh, foray into uh, problems on the road to paradise. I got to be honest. I'm really happy you're the one that has to deal with all that. Anyway, if you're here listening at the top of the show, you know that the pod arrived. And by the pod, I mean the closet or the outhouse that oh originally gosh. arrived. Yeah, uh, that was way too small. Are we thought me? maybe we would just have a bed and some other items and- It doesn't matter. It's literally smaller. A car couldn't fit in it. So how is how, how are our clothes and papers supposed to fit in? And by the way, you know, in my defense, she told me on the phone, the customer service girl, it will fit a studio apartment. So when you think studio apartment, you do think couch, bed, a couple of end tables, clothes, some boxes. No, that, that that's a closet. It was literally a closet, you guys. When that, it was a joke, like a joke when I pulled in and saw that little tiny box sitting in our driveway. I, I, can, re I can actually verify that because I just moved our oldest daughter to an apartment in Texas. And I promise you her closet was bigger than our original pod. So cut to Denise on the phone and getting Again. the pod switched out and all that stuff. And, you know, customer service was fine on the phone. But when the guy rolled up, he said he didn't have an order to take the eight foot pod away and just wanted to drop the 16 foot pod on the street. I have had previous experience with <laughs> a 16 foot pod being dropped on the street because when we were doing construction on our back house, we had to move all the contents to a pod. And wouldn't you know it, two weeks after I moved street the entire days. back house into the pod, there were street. notices up all over the pod saying you have to move this because it wasn't street cleaning. They suddenly just wanted to uh, coat the asphalt, yep, basically. So they're going to come through with their slurry and do their thing for the first time in, say, 23 years that we've lived here. Yeah, exactly, pretty accurate. Exactly the, after I got the pod delivered. Yeah, I think it was hmm, two weeks after you got the pod delivered yeah. that you, yeah, pretty accurate. So I had to call them back and I knew you very know, well. The street is looking quick really crappy. We should put that pod on the side on the oh, yeah, street again. <laughs> but I didn't want to have to go through that. It was an expense to get it moved the first time. So when this gentleman wanted to put it on the street again, I said, no way, my friend, no way. So it took a little convincing and he ultimately decided it's going to cost him a little bit of time and a lot of maneuvering. And we've begun loading it. We have. So We've had um, two problems so far. Now we've run into a third problem. So now we're looking for housing. We're going to be in Seattle for 10 days. We leave shortly and uh, we need a place to stay. Yeah. And so if you were listening in our last episode, you know that Seattle's planning was all on me. Denise has taken Salt Lake City later that month. And I promptly found an Airbnb it was really quirky and artsy and I loved it. And she said- The couch said, was disgusting. Forget it. It was so dirty. Yeah. Okay. When you hear 
quirky, artsy, and charming. It's dirty and old. I know, but it looked cool in the photos. Anyway, until she saw the dirty couch. I didn't notice the dirty couch. I was too busy looking at the rafters, the surrounding area, the warehouse district, you name it. But uh, ultimately, she shot that one down. So I found another place that was Denise approved. It was a condo. It was. And it was in the city. It was clean. It was about, you know, 10 minutes away from where we're dropping our daughter off for school. And we can still like sort of bounce in and out and work around her schedule if we needed to. Uh, but the one problem that we ran into was parking. Of course, it's in a big city. Seattle's a big city. I naturally assumed and did not read the five print. <laughs> I don't know why he assumed. I just started laughing when he said, doesn't it come with a it's parking a condo. space? I know this is the, this is literally small town. This is small town. You know, this is a small town. We just park in the yard. Um, <laughs> this is, it's not, a, you know, it's this never, pops parking's up. never a big deal. I know this small town mentality sometimes pops up. In certain, yeah, certain like that one time I called LAPD and expected them to respond uh, yeah. to a strange person walking in the neighborhood. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I decided ultimately uh, to cancel that transaction. Airbnb is cool because I canceled it within 48 hours. So I got a full refund pro tip. But uh, that doesn't mean my bank has given me that money back for the Airbnb yet. So uh, we're waiting for that to return to the bank account, but it, it you know, whatever. It's it all usually work takes out. about four to five days to have it returned to your bank account. So um, it can be a little troublesome if you have limited funds and you canceled, you actually have to wait now for that credit to hit your account. So we will have to wait for the credit to hit. Now with regards to the parking, uh, the one thing I grew up in a city, I'm really familiar with this. I, I knew right away we'd have to find parking. My concern was, is it permit parking around this condo building? Um, that's the thing that I would suggest anyone to ask who is traveling to a city and they have a car. If you're Especially going Especially LA. Any big city, really. Um, you need to know, is parking available? And that means, can you park around the building? Parking may be available, but it may be available four blocks away. That's fine in a small town, but a big city, one block can make all the difference between a good neighborhood and a bad neighborhood. So my question to him was, actually I had a lot of questions about parking, but my one question was, is there permit parking around this condominium building? And if not, how far do we have to park? Those questions were just too much and he ended up canceling it. I didn't wait for an answer. I mean, I did ask <laughs> the owner, she was nice. She sent me the whole literature on the place she uh, basically told me to download an app and use the app. And yeah, the minute I did that, I was like, forget it. We have a dog. We have a couple bags. We have podcast gear. I just don't feel like schlepping it four or five blocks every single time we return to the condo. So uh, I canceled it. I didn't wait. And, you know. There are certain questions you can ask the um, host of the Airbnb. The first one is, is the area, does the area have permitted parking? Um, if they say yes, then you ask them, do I have a permit? Are you going to provide a permit for my car? Uh, the second question is, if it's not permitted parking and it's open parking to anyone, how easy is it? How easy is it? We we rented a place in Chicago and the girl said to me the same thing that she had said that this woman in Seattle said to James, which was, oh, there's an app that you can go on to reserve parking spots. But I specifically asked her, how difficult is it for parking around the Airbnb? And she said, not very difficult. 
So that was enough for me to say, let's wing it. And, and it worked out great. Yeah, we had pretty good luck. Yeah, we had pretty good luck in Chicago. Yeah, we parked on our street in front of our uh, Airbnb almost every time we left. So I think maybe there was one time where we had to park around the corner. But uh, but in Seattle, I'm just not familiar with the city enough to say I'm from Chicago. So when she said it's not that difficult, and I kind of knew the area, although I've been away um, and things have changed, I still wanted to get a feel. But Seattle, I'm not familiar with. And neither is James. I mean, we've been there once, but we don't really know the parking situation. So, um, you know, it's best that we find a place that has easy parking. When we originally went up to Seattle the first time to stay with the girls, we talked about that in the last pod, uh, but we lit, we stayed in Gig Harbor, which is outside of the city. And it's very picturesque, very cute, quaint town. For me, a little, you know, they roll up the sidewalks a little early. They do. <laughs> it's like, I like places so- I like places that are open more than 8 or 9 p.m. every night. But it, they were off season in fairness to them when we were there. And it was so- what we were looking for. We were looking for something really just quiet and different yeah. than yeah. L.A. But it's an amazing town, amazing trails to hike, all that stuff. And, of course, the harbors there. It's just gorgeous. So uh, I don't know if we're going to go that remote this time around, but I was happy to find a suburb somewhere, uh, maybe where we could just like pull up in a driveway. So, yeah, so we decided or he decided that I think instead of renting a condo, doing an Airbnb condo, we might do one of two things, a house now mm-hmm. or a straight up hotel like um I, I'm going like to get a, a home away. hotel. Yeah. There's a, a hotel that takes dogs. It's very easy. You um, it's, I think by Marriott or Hilton, it's called home away. Uh, they're just popping up all over the country. We, we, we were fortunate to get one when we were in Boise, Idaho recently, yeah. we didn't have a dog, but we saw people with dogs. So it gave us the idea that, Oh, this might be an option in a bind. And the uh, coffee was really good. So <laughs> I just have to research, you, you know, we have to research to see where this home away is actually located in, in Washington, if there is one. So now we've, we've just chucked the condo and we're probably going to do a house. And if that doesn't work out, then we'll try this home away yeah. hotel because we guaranteed parking. Yeah. So to be continued on that, uh, it's better to have these stumbles now while we're still uh, renting our own house. Yes. <laughs> we're owner. renting our own house right now. I think we left right that now. part out. Uh, we closed escrow uh, last week, two weeks ago, uh-huh. a week and a half ago. And uh, part of our agreement with the owner, who's not even in town right now at the moment, uh, was that we were allowed to rent the lease back the house. So we we had a lease back uh, as part of our contract for the sale. And so we obviously gave her some money for that. And we are staying here renting in our own house until the end of this month. So that's a little odd, but I'm going to miss this house. I have to say the house was really good to us as a starter home. It didn't give us many problems at all. Um, we raised three uh, really great girls. We had beautiful family dinners here. We had Christmases. We had Thanksgivings. It's a small house for five people, but I'm really going to miss it. It was a very good house to us. I, it's going to be hard to leave. I was going to ask you, actually, are you feeling it yet? Because it didn't seem like last month or even the month before. And maybe it's just because we had so much to do. But uh, I had moments. Uh, so we were fortunate enough where our oldest daughter actually dropped in from Corpus Christi one more time to say goodbye to the old house. And I have to say, uh, I got a little misty eyed a couple times when all three girls were under the same roof. And it was kind of our last night together as a complete family in the house, those two nights or the last weekend, I should say we were together. So for me, that was my moment. Have you had anything like that? You you just said you're going to miss the house. So 
I have been feeling emotional lately and I am attributing it, attributed, attributing it yes. to this because I haven't really verbalized how I feel. Uh, I guess my time has been taken up so much with moving, packing a rental car, uh, getting my kids to pack, um, seeing friends saying goodbye to them that I haven't really had a chance to really take the time to think about how I'm feeling. And I have been pretty emotional lately. And I'm going to say it, it has to do most likely with the fact that we are moving and I'm going to really miss this house. Yeah. yeah. I'm really going to miss this house. Um, people say, don't get attached to it. That, you know, you hear that all the time. It's don't impossible. get a match to your home. That's the silliest thing I've ever heard. It's a business transaction. No, you share, you share lives. You have memories. Um, you create children. I mean, you raise children yeah. there, you know, you school here, you eat here, you play here. There's so many things that you've, you know, you've literally, um, molded other human beings and to who they are in this home. It's very hard to say don't get attached. And I think that's just silly talk. Yeah, I don't. I mean, uh, I've heard that before myself. I don't know too many people, like even my single friends, even my single friends who are this age or, you know, perhaps younger, it, it, uh, they really have taken like it's been a point of pride to put their thumbprint on every single room in the house. You go to their house, it emanates their personality. It's impossible yes. to separate <clears throat> their living space from who they are as people, um, families, kids singles, it doesn't matter. I think if you live in a certain spot for a while and you actually care about your aesthetic, mm -hmm. you know, what kind of house you're coming home to after a long day of work or, you Agreed. know, or being away for a while or what have you. Um, your house is your personality. It really is. And, you know, I have to say, I mean, you know, when we first bought this house, it was kind of a shell and you've done a wonderful job and oh, all this furniture is going bye-bye soon. And if it wasn't for sort of, you know, that touch that Denise has given it over the years, I, I think the kids, you know, I don't know. I wonder if the kids would have been a little more sterile in their personalities <laughs> or whatever. It's all their friends love coming here, which uh, is really a testament to not only how the place looks, but sort of the vibe that we try and give off when we come here. It's, it's we've really, you know, wherever we go next, it's like we're going to have to like take it up a notch and hopefully it'll be a bit more space for our kids, their friends, our friends, you name it. That's really sweet that you say that. Um, it's true. You know, our house is small um, and I just, the size never really meant much to me, meaning I always felt like I could make it reflect us and who we are and make it very welcoming for people. Um, I don't know. I, you, there's plenty of small homes I've walked into that are so cold and sterile. And there are plenty of big homes I've walked into that are the coziest of cozy. And I just wanted my house to feel very welcoming for anyone. Um, in my profession, I've had uh, trainers stay with me. I'm a permanent makeup artist and I've had trainers from other states come and visit me in my studio and have stayed with me. And, and, and those trainers have all said the same thing, which is, wow, I feel so at home in your house. And that's a huge compliment yeah, really when I is, get yeah. that. And my daughter's friends have all said that. So um, I also think that we want you to feel comfortable. So we're going to take that wherever we go, wherever our 
our forever home is. Um, I'm always going to have that be a part of it. Uh, when you walk in the door, no matter if you've traveled a block or, you know, five um, hours on a plane, I'm always very grateful that you've come to visit. So yeah, I want sure. you to feel that. I mean, I've always felt that way. If someone takes the effort to just even get in their car and see you, make them feel special because they just made you feel special by coming to visit. I probably haven't mentioned this yet, but you know, Denise being from Chicago and me from Ohio, like we don't have any blood relatives on this coast. So we're not, we're on a metaphorical Island out here, you know? It's true. And, we have no family here. Yeah. And so when somebody takes the time to actually come out and visit us, it's kind of a big deal in our house. It is. You know? It's, it's a, a huge deal. deal. People are like, like kids actually clean their rooms because they know somebody's <laughs> going to be visiting so and staying. So it's huge. I mean, yeah, we've tried to create that environment. All right. Since you asked me the question about the house, yeah. um, I actually have a question for you since we're embarking on this uh, adventure across the country and could be the world because there, uh, there are other there are other countries we would like to visit. God willing, yeah. <laughs> um, I want to know, you've been in Los Angeles for roughly 26 years. Yeah. What would you be doing if you were still in Ohio right now? Uh, it's, it is an interesting question. I mean, I think I would have been leading a much more corporate life, you know, uh, a few less tattoos, uh, a lot more golf probably. Uh, although I like, I'm looking forward to actually playing golf in our travels, but uh, everyone in the Midwest plays golf. I just, I don't get a chance to do it out here. Um, so it might be good to join a beginner's league or something like this. It's very retirement. Some sort of beginner's tournament. Oh uh, it's difficult because I, you know, I'm very technical. I'm very computer savvy. Uh, you know, for somebody who didn't have a computer science major, uh, so, you know, that side of me, I think would have been served well by staying in Ohio and working at such a firm. Um, but at the same time, you know, working in TV, I mean, it's just super like the people I meet, like my friends are all freaks. They're artists. They're amazing. Like, you know, uh, they're amazing professionals who kind of run the gamut from like the 25 year old who shows me TikToks. And uh, kind of explains to me how Snapchat works <laughs> and <laughs> all these things that I'm like kind of like after like I'm not even into Facebook anymore. It sucks. Uh, but uh, what is this girl saying here in the footage? They explain it to me. It's I still don't know the acronyms. Like the kids will send me acronyms or I'll see an acronym somewhere and have to send it to my girls and say, yeah. what does this mean? I just figured out I IDK for the longest time. I thought it was LDK. I didn't know that was an I. <laughs> they, I don't. I, so I, don't I know, know these things because I work in television. I have youngsters that show me this stuff. <laughs> and so, uh, but I also, by the same, you know, token, uh, I have friends that, you know, have purple hair who moved to New York and they're 60. So um, I love that about LA. I, I, I love that too. I, um, I'm going to miss that. I, I will not color my hair purple, but uh, I definitely appreciated being around people from different backgrounds different viewpoints and uh you know that kind of thing i don't really feel like i would have gotten as much i wouldn't have allowed myself to enjoy that as much because you know especially if you look at in it ohio. now like, yeah in ohio because ohio's a red state now it's been trending that way forever like mm -hmm. for the last 20 years so, so no purple hair in ohio no there is purple hair in ohio but only the rebels you know not the 60 year olds no not the 60 year olds who are you know going in to talk about their sep ira or whatever so <laughs> you know 
it's, it's like, true. It's so misleading. It here. is. It really yeah. is. It's like it could be anyone. It so, could be. Um, so, you know, there's an enrichment there, a sort of allowance, I guess, uh, for you to, you know, be so around hey, people that aren't like you. Okay. So let me get this straight. If you were still in Ohio, you would have two cars, three kids, and work at Enterprise. Uh, you know, working at Enterprise, now that I think about it, does not really sound like a bad idea. And I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying it'd be a corporate job. Uh, definitely. I would definitely be working a corporate job. So you'd job. be doing nine to five. I hopefully would have climbed the ladder by now so that I could like squeak out <laughs> at three. But uh, yeah, that would have been the goal. Okay. You work 12 hour days here. Nine to three sounds really good. Do you wish you were back in Ohio? <laughs> You've turned into a Oh man, it's I like swear to God, Jesus. <clears throat> okay. So you work 12 hour days. Getting off at three o'clock sounds pretty darn nice. Do you wish you were back in Ohio now? Uh, <laughs> there was a time in my twenties where I saw all my friends like just sprouting up with houses and filling with kids and stuff. And I said, wow, that's really super interesting uh, that they're able to do that at such a young age. And I have to be honest, when I was sleeping on my futon in Venice with like $200 to last me for two weeks, um, that all sounded great. Uh, do, do I, would I want to get off at 3 p.m.? Yes, I would want to get off at 3 p.m. Ohio does sound enticing in that regard. Uh, I just don't know... It would have been a lot of years working nine to five, doing something that probably wasn't very inspiring to me to get to that point. That makes so sense. I'm not sure I would have traded, you know? Okay. I can't say I would have ever traded. Like I've had the craziest experiences here um, and I'm a visual person. So being able to work in television has been a real like gift these last 22 years. There, there's, there's a price to pay for it, as you know. Yes. Okay, so I have one more question for you. Um, let's stick to the small town. Coming from the small town, was LA everything you thought it was going to be? I think it was because being the type of kid that I was who just wanted to leave my hometown and go out and experience the world, I certainly can say that I've gotten to do that here for better and for worse. And when I first moved here, I had very mixed feelings about staying. Um, I was worried about making money. It was a very expensive town. I could tell already, even in 1996, when I got here, uh, I didn't know how I was going to make ends meet for myself here, just all by myself, let alone meeting you a couple years later and raising a family and all that. Uh, so but I also saw that the people were really cool. There were all sort of walks of life. There was plenty to do in this city. That's There's so, so true. much to do Gosh, here. It's very so true. Um, there's never a day. Literally, when I was single, I was going out on Monday nights. But you, there's never yeah. a day that you don't have something available at your fingertips. No, for sure. And you know, our kids go other places. And I say, how was it? You know, they went to visit their friend in this state or that state or wherever. And they say, it's kind of boring. It's just a couple strip malls. And all they do is like, the only place you can go is like ice cream and food, you know, mm -hmm. and, yeah. or you can go to the mall, you know. I know, and but so, here in LA, you literally can be <clears> in the mountains <throat> one day in the beach that afternoon. The beach alone crazy. is enough to occupy 
yeah. six months out of your year. It's true. Or even in the winter, you can go down and jog on the strand. It's still very picturesque. Bike riding. And yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, but that said, you know, I, I would say overall, it's been a mixed bag. It's like the cost of my career and doing something that I really loved. I had to stay in LA up until recently. Uh, but the price for that was sitting in hour plus traffic each direction to and from work. You didn't know that bullets. was going to happen when you came to LA. Like I thought, it, I don't know why. I thought it would. I thought it would get better. It's only gotten worse. Uh -huh. um, even after you know, without getting too much into politics, but there was a time where they expanded the four hundred five. It's worse than it it's ever been. Um, Unfortunately, you know? uh, okay. So LA was what you expected, or not? It, it was. I I think I had a very. I think I had a very realistic expectation of it when I first moved here. And yeah, I'm leaving with that same realistic expectation. It's like, I have hope for the people that I love and our friends and our community and all that other stuff. I don't have hope for city government. I don't have hope for traffic. <laughs> I don't like, I'm not leaving. Like I don't have, you know, hope for the gangbangers or the meth heads or the homeless or right. I, like, I just don't, you know, I don't, it's, it's, uh, I'm going out the way I came in. If that answers the question. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, okay. Yeah. So how about you? You came from clean San Diego. Well, no, but I'm from Chicago. Oh, I know. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, it was totally different. It, it is, it is totally different than San Diego for sure. <clears throat> but LA was everything I thought it would be. And more, I had the best time living here as a single, as a single girl, uh, living in LA, it was phenomenal. I mean, it was just we what- We weren't single here for very long. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't, I you know. You maximized your time while you I were. I did, but even when we dated, I had the best time. I mean, yeah. I didn't, let's get this straight. When you and I dated, we weren't that couple that said to the other person, you can't do this, you can't do that. I was still me. I did yeah. whatever I wanted and you did whatever you wanted. No, you're still you for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes we did it together and sometimes we didn't. I- Everything I thought this city was going to be, it was. So, uh, yeah, it, that's good. It 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 was. It met my expectations and exceeded them. Right on. That's cool. Uh, so you've spent a lot of time in the last couple of years at one of your favorite spots, who's owned by one of our friends, the Bourbon Room. Yes, and it's seen some tough times and some good times. And uh, you it's know, a bar on Hollywood Boulevard yes, in it's a, Hollywood. It's a bar Amazing. on Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood. Highly recommend you check it out, especially if you're a rock and roll fan. Oh, uh, in that particular so area, it's the only it's it's the only thing of its kind. That is true. Um, you would have to go down further to the Sunset Strip or somewhere to get you know right. similar vibe and music. Um, but the difference is with the bourbon room, you don't have to stand in line with 18 year olds. So there's that. It's uh, really people um, our age, a little younger. So it's like a, a 40 something crowd, but in the coolest uh, bar environment, awesome music. Like it is just a great place to hang. So my question to you is since you've drugged so many people there to yeah. show them the bar, to check it out, to hang out, all yeah. that other stuff. Do you anticipate finding a place somewhere else that you're going to like as much? No. The Bourbon Room is one of a kind. There are many places uh, all along uh, in, in this country that are one of a kinds uh, for that region. I would say that the Bourbon Room is one of a kind for Hollywood Boulevard and the Hollywood area. I hope to find something similar. Um, I'm pretty simple. I just want to hear good music and, you know, be around like-minded people. Uh, I might find it. I don't know. At my age, 
if that's possible, because sometimes you run the risk of just finding dive bars. The bourbon room is just different. I mean, I think there'll be similar, similar places in bigger cities, but I think the smaller towns I'm going to end up just like, that might be a cute little like, you know, bar in like a restaurant, but I don't think I'm going to find something that's like cool music and cool people and, you know, cool blondie posters on the walls. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or Guns N' Roses. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, But I, I, yeah. No, I just, I know it's your favorite hang and I know. I'm going to miss it. You know, I, I mean, it's we've been busy the last several weeks, but uh, I know, I'm going to visit it one more time. I know, I generally speaking, she can be found there at least four times a month. So that is true. Uh, that is my <laughs> so hang. Yeah. Check it out one more time. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, yeah. And so, you know, uh, I don't know. Does that bring us to like where we are about favorite things in L.A.? Favorite? Uh, the th- I think things so. we could lose in L.A. What, what are your top five? What do you give me your five that give I'm going to five? Miss? Yeah, your five things you're going to miss about L.A. Okay, so number one is the bourbon room. I'm going to miss the bourbon room for sure. Fair enough. Uh, That is my hang. Uh, Number two, let's stay with Hollywood. Capitol Records building. Ah. I'm going to miss the Capitol Records building looking at it. Uh, If you've seen any movie about Hollywood, you have seen the Capitol Records building in that movie. It's almost in every landscape shot. And um, driving on the 101 freeway and getting off at the Vine exit sitting on the top of Vine and looking down over Hollywood and having the Capitol Records building right there. It's iconic. And it's just, it's amazing. It's very, very much Hollywood. So I'm going to miss that. I'm a music lover. So to me, it like has a special place. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Third place I'm going to miss is I don't have a plug for this, meaning that they're not paying me to say this, but my favorite Italian restaurant in Los Angeles is called Panzanella. Panzanella. It is very good. It's in an area of Los Angeles called Sherman Oaks. Uh, the food is delicious and I've, I've had Italian food in a lot of places. I'm from Chicago, great Italian food there, been in New York, great Italian food. Panzanella can compete with both of those cities. Uh, love it. I'm going to miss that. Uh, third thing I'm going to miss the drive to Malibu. Ah. It is a beautiful drive. Uh, again, if you, which, yeah, which street there's any exit, if you can take Malibu Canyon road, you can take Topanga Canyon, you could take Canaan. They are all beautiful ways to get to the beaches of Malibu. And if you've ever seen, again, any even reality show, they always have a shot of the mountains, the Malibu mountains and cars going through the hills to get to Malibu. I'm going to miss the Malibu drive for sure. That's a good one. And then the other thing I'm going to miss, my clients from my business and the people in the Los Angeles area. I really made such a great group of friends, so I'm going to miss... Uh, you know, clients that have turned into friends. I'm obviously going to miss my friends. I'm going to miss all the people that are like-minded. California is very progressive. Uh, I like that. I've always been progressive-minded, uh, living in Chicago, always forward-thinking. So coming here, I'm going to miss the people uh, that I've surrounded myself with. Again, being clients, being family, being friends, just neighbors who are very yeah. progressive and forward-thinkers. I'm going to miss that about <clears throat> California. That's good. Yeah. Wow, those are good ones. Thanks. You what, rattle those off. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> I like it. What are you going to miss about Los Angeles? Uh, well, I had to start thinking while you were talking about some of those. Um, I will definitely miss Dodger dogs. Oh, yeah. Those are good. For sure. I don't care. I thought Wrigley Field had good hot dogs. Dodger dogs are good. Wrigley Field does not have good no, hot dogs. I agree. So oh. far, nothing beats a Dodger dog. 
I'm going to really miss that when I go. Me too. Plus being out there with all the, you know, really, for the most part, Dodger games are really sort of super family oriented, even mm-hmm. though I never take my family to them. <laughs> so I funny. always want to go true. by myself so, <laughs> or with a buddy. He does. But because uh, I want to enjoy the game and the kids always want to leave in the fourth inning. So, well, because uh, they had their Dodger dog, they had their oh, popcorn, yeah, they had, had their they, soda. They, had they want to get the heck out of there. there. Yeah. I know, I get it. So uh, that's why they don't get invited anymore. So uh, I'm going to miss that. At Dodger Stadium, you know, for better or worse, it's it's uh, it's an iconic place to go. But that brings me actually to a a better. Now that I'm thinking about it, a number two spot for me. We're going to stay in the sports vein for a second. Is SoFi Stadium? Oh my gosh, I haven't been there, but I hear it's Whoa. insane. This stadium is just crazy, and I'm going to tell you just straight up. Like I've been a Chargers fan since 1980. <laughs> we met know. them met them when I was a kid at the Hall of Fame. All that stuff. It's a horrible life being a Chargers fan um, <laughs> because, you know. Because they never win. They they just, they're not even like the Clippers. You know, at least the, the Clippers have like the lovable loser thing. Uh, I think recently with the Chargers moving up from San Diego, they're, they just haven't achieved lovable status yet. Hopefully that changes this year. This is going to be our year. Oh, yeah. Anyway. The year we're moving. Every, I know, of course. <laughs> I'll have to come back. Uh, but anyway, SoFi Stadium is an amazing place to see a game. I've seen them play the Raiders there. There was a big shootout with the Cleveland Browns last year for you NFLers out there who follow along. Uh, back when Baker Mayfield was healthy, that was the most one of the most amazing games I've seen. One of the top 10 plays of all year in the NFL was Justin Herbert throwing a 65-yard throw uh, for a touchdown against the Giants. That was amazing. So uh, it really is laid out well. They put a lot of money into it. They're going to get it all back. I'm not worried about that. Uh, it's a great place to see an event. Uh, we uh, had a cousin who came out to see BTS there. She said it was just the most phenomenal thing she's ever seen. Um, so, you know, uh, that is definitely a place. Like, I know I'm not going to get that in, you know, You're right. the outskirts of Akron, Ohio that's to true. see that. So, yeah. um, so that's a good one. Uh, and then, uh, what else would I miss? I guess it would be, I'm definitely going to miss Mexican food. Cause I've been to about six cities recently where I've tried Mexican food, uh, you know, together, uh, those two things together, six what, different cities, what, Mexican food, six different cities. In Mexican yeah. Food. Okay. And, um, and it just all tastes like it's out of a can to me when you go somewhere else. The only place that came close to LA was a few places. I went to two places. I'll have to remember the names in a future podcast. When we go to Salt Lake city, oh, okay. uh, there are two Mexican places in Salt Lake city that were really, really good, but Boise was junk. Uh, you know, I had terrible Mexican food in Corpus Christi. I could not believe it. It's right on the tech. It's like right on the Mexican oh, border. Washington, remember? It's insane. Not in Seattle, but when we were in Gig Harbor. Oh, oh the it Gig was Harbor terrible. place was terrible. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I'm going to miss if you, you know, it's for whatever reason, the Mexican food here has yet to be emulated in another city. I accept your challenge. If you have a hometown and you say, oh, this place is great, I will, I bring will it. go there. I will bring bring it. it. We will literally go there. I will burrito out. So <laughs> anyway, um, so there's that. Uh, and then how many am I up to? You're on three. Oh, I'm only on three. Yeah. Uh, I will miss Angelinos. I will definitely miss Angelinos. I'm not talking about people who move here from somewhere else like we did. Oh, no, we hate those people. Yeah, we do hate these people. And I was so hateable when I first moved here. I was a little jerk. I was a punk. And yeah, I really I, was. I, I could see know? that. Oh, I could. I'm, I not, I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. I was not a nice guy. And so <laughs> uh, it took me a while to 
Los Angeles myself, but once I did, and you know, really You're tolerable, and yeah, no, I'm, I'm passable. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, which would be the quote of the podcast. Uh, I'm passable. Yeah, I'm passable, uh, barely. Um, but uh, Angelinos in and of themselves. Sorry, that's okay. We good. Angelinos in and of themselves are the coolest people on the planet. I don't care. Like, yeah, sure. I'm sure there are South American countries like Peru or whatever, where the people are so nice and sweet and all that. We love our Angelinos. Angelinos are mellow and they put up with us, people who come from somewhere else. Like my theory is LA gets a really bad rap. It does. Uh, There are so many great things about LA. There really are. But uh, it gets a bad rap because I think every other city in America sends us their idiots. You agreed. Know? Agreed. It's like when they run their course in their own town, much like I did, they end up here and they're jerks for a while. And the ones who make it and finally like start to get it and hang around enough Angelinos end up being fine. <laughs> <laughs> and the other ones stay the same jerks they were when they arrived out of their car. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I'll miss Angelinos and, uh, this is probably not going to be a popular answer, but I've been thinking about this a lot lately, especially because we spent the holidays there last year, is uh, leaving Los <laughs> Angeles, I'm going to miss San Diego the most. Oh, and I'm not talking, terrible. not just San Diego. I can't say that. Let's zone in, a li- let's zoom in a little to Coronado Island. I know, that's pretty it's fabulous. amazing. Catalina Island's cool, but it's like one of those things where if you're going to go there, sip wine and do the jazz festival and all that stuff, great, fantastic. You take kids there for like an hour and they're like, can we go? Like, There's nothing like Coronado Island. Coronado Island is amazing for families. You want to take your kids ice skating on the beach (laughs) in December at Hotel Del Coronado. I promise you it's worth, I don't know, you'll tell me. I don't even want to know how much much it costs, but it's worth it because your kids will never, ever have an experience like that again. That's why we had to sell our house, by the way. That is why we had to sell it. We had to pay for Coronado. Ice skating on Coronado in December uh, by the beach. Yeah, that's what we I know, but it's a great place to go. Uh, The bar is open to the public on the beach. You can go, get yourself a Mai Tai, hang out, good vibes. Uh, yeah, it's Hotel Del Coronado. So if you are interested and want to venture to San Diego, I highly suggest, and he does as well, to check out Hotel Del Coronado. You do not have to stay there overnight no. in order to enjoy their amenities. You can go ice skating in December by the beach too. All you have to do is pay the price to go. Yeah, you can the go ticket uh, price. pay for Okay, so the sneaky tip is to get the <laughs> ice skating and spend the money on that because it will be some money. Uh-huh. And then- just stay in one of the island motels. <laughs> that is a sneaky tip. Yes, that's for half the price. Yeah, literally like, right down the street. There you aren't can... cops on the beach. It's not a private beach. They nope. don't treat it that way. You can walk in anytime. You can actually walk the grounds of the hotel. Nobody's going to hassle it you. It is true. It's a very storied hotel. It's a very haunted hotel. It and, is. And um, I can't say enough good things about it. It's been a highlight for us for years here. Mm-hmm. Yes. So those are my top five. That's, those are really good ones. Thanks. Thanks. I'm like not bad for somewhat being off the cuff. I mean, some of them, I, you know, the Dodger dog, I've been thinking about a lot. I got to get one more before I go. <laughs> they came, they rolled off your tongue. Yeah, very that quickly. was it. That was, yeah, that was an easy one. Okay. So with all the things that you love, there has to be some things that completely annoy you and you will be so happy to never, ever see again when you leave LA hmm. or experience. Yeah. Do you have five of those to mm. share? Uh, probably, um, Oh, I have like 10, not because I dislike LA, just because there are some really annoying things happening lately, which I'm like, Oh no. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. So obviously homelessness is an easy one. Uh, I would say- uh, Everything you read is correct. How about on, that? On, when it comes to the homeless problem, I really feel like between San Francisco and Los Angeles, it's a race to the bottom to see who can screw it up the most. Uh, we've given- Agreed. Tons of money. Yep. The citizenry here probably gets blamed or the colloquial LA as a whole, like LA is a mess and LA, we've tried our best. We've signed propositions. Mm -hmm. We've signed, uh, you know, legal action, whatever you did. They, like there's just so much red we've tape. We've made calls to our councilman, yeah. calls to the mayor. I mean, it's a joke. Tax hikes, you name yes. it. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, it's only gotten worse. Like it seems like the more money we dump into it, the worse it gets. I am uh, a Democrat, not particularly a liberal, but uh, I am a Democrat and I really despise our Mayor Garcetti. So he's my number two on the list. I want him to go away. I really wish Biden would have made him ambassador to India or wherever the hell he was going to go. But whatever. I sound like an angry old man now. Uh, but if you paid taxes here for a long time, one of the reasons I feel like uh, we're willing to leave and sell the house is we feel like we get so little for our money Agreed. here when it comes to city services. Or Yeah, we have a know. neighborhood park that we can't venture to for even a picnic with the girls because it's overrun by homeless. Yeah. And um, they, I know they have, they need a place to live. Yeah. I am fully aware of that. Our city needs to give them one. And that's the, that's the thing too. It's like uh, we have given you this money. Yep. You said you were going to hire people yep. to make not just clean up the streets, make small homes, give these people some things like something. You know, they're not getting mental health. They're not getting this. Right. They're not getting that. I they know. have you know major drug problems, all that stuff. Okay, so that's my one and two: uh -huh. uh, homelessness and Eric Garcetti's response to it, which I guess is kind of like the same, but whatever, moving on. Um, the other thing I'm not gonna miss is when you walk into a restaurant or a bar or a work function and everybody has sort of stamped on their forehead, what can you do for me? You know, oh. that's a oh. big thing. Like that's a really it's good It's kind one. of oppressive in this town if you let oh. it. And I think that's one of the reasons we've sort of flourished as a family out here in the suburbs, because when I do those things, and I'm not saying it's like the people I'm working with or whatever, like we're all in the same boat, but I'm just saying if you walk into somewhere dressed nicely or anywhere really, oh, a coffee okay. shop. Okay, that's so crazy that you're saying this right now because I have to just interject with this. We went to, a, do you remember for our anniversary, this was like four years ago, we went to a very, very expensive steakhouse in Malibu. Yeah. And we pulled up in my SUV. Now, we our, our cars are nice, but they're older for sure. And my SUV isn't yeah. a Mercedes or a BMW SUV. It's just a GMC SUV. Still in great condition. But our car was legitimately the only car there that wasn't a Mercedes, a BMW. And all of us in the car, even our daughters, said, <laughs> oh, they're giving us a look. And they did. Yeah. It, that's so LA. Like So when you say like yeah. that goes... I was like, when you said it, I like knew exactly what you meant. But if you don't live in LA, people don't understand what that means. Like the, what yeah. can you do for me? Like, that's so accurate. Yeah. And you know, I've uh, lost friends over that. No, I mean, I, I like, if you walk into an establishment in Boise or nobody looks at you, like, who's this guy? Like, what, what does he what do? What's his deal? Yeah. yeah what does he nobody do? cares what I do in other states, yeah. which is actually refreshing. It's like, I don't want to talk about work with somebody I don't even know. Like I work in reality TV. So in a lot of respects, people think I'm a prostitute, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, 
I don't work for scripted television. I don't work in movies. It's like my career okay. track took me early on somewhere else. So it's like when I have to explain to somebody what it is I do and all that, then I also have to listen to their opinions about the work that I've done, you know, or the things that I've worked on. Because it's always, do you do movies? Yeah. It's never like they, it's not, it's not like in, in LA, I can honestly say, God, that's such a good one, James, because in LA, no one ever takes it for face value. So, so he can say, oh, I've done this and this. No one will say, oh, that's cool. I saw this show. They'll go, have you done a movie? It's like, oh, no, I don't do movies. I do yeah. TV. Or they'll just say something stupid. Have you done Survivor? Like, you know, it's like they never just like enjoy what you're talking about. Right, right. And that, right? I mean, Is that there, what you're talking about? I mean, absolutely. Okay. I mean, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I, um, I've been at places and I've told people that I am a computer coder which is not true. I started doing it, but, oh, I'm, but I don't do that. That's the a minute, good story. The minute I tell them I'm coding, like I do coding for a living, they don't talk to, about my profession anymore. Like they don't want to talk about what it is I do. I'm not measured by it. It's just such an agnostic sort of non-political thing to say you do. So you just made this up. I did. Yeah. What, what, I just tell them I do something different than what I do because I don't want their thoughts on like when they ask me what shows I've worked on. I say, oh, I worked on this one fashion show for like six seasons. It's you know it. It's a household name. Or I worked on a modeling show. You know it. I worked on it for 12, 13, 14 seasons. It's like then I get to sit there and have all their opinions about what they or their <laughs> wife or their. And it's like and I don't get to say to them like, oh, you work in plumbing. Well, I really hate elbow. El elbow joints, you know, like I don't get to say that. No, so you're right. It's been a little like I'm not like, you know, I've been fortunate and all that other stuff. And it's like, I know who I am. I'm comfortable. Like my eye on the prize was getting these three girls first off, keeping this roof above their heads. Right. And then also getting them to a point. And you did it really well. Thank you. I it's appreciate true. that. And then also getting them to a point where they'd be successful. So I knew like, I'm not going to have the prestige of be, like working for Ridley Scott, you right. know, like I knew that early on in my career, but the money came and it was good and it supported my family. And so, uh, and so having know, an answer for your, for your choices is what you're tired yeah, of doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Or just, you know, uh, like when you walk into a place in LA and everybody looks up and then they look down and they look right back to their phone. They're like, ah, oh, 50 something year old guy probably works in competition reality. Like, I'm an actor. He's not going to help me at all. You know, like that kind of thing. It's like the minute, the minute people understand, even if it's a millisecond that they understand that you are no use to them, they're not really interested. Oh in my you. God. Like, I, I agree. And that is such a good one. How yeah. about this? How about owning a beauty business, a day spa? When I'm out with cool people or right. they think they're cool, I literally just want to make shit up because the minute I say, <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. The only reason I can't make shit up is because the person I'm with freaking knows what I really do for a living. So if I'm there plus one and we're at a cool place yeah. and I say, oh, I do permanent makeup or I own a day spa, the words haven't even exited my mouth and they are already turning yeah. their head and talking to the person next to them. And I want to be like, F you, because anywhere else in the world, being a business owner means something. But here, yeah. I'm not. Oh, if you said you were a theatrical agent or a commercial oh, agent. Oh they'd be God. having me over for dinner the yeah, next I mean, day. Everybody, yeah, from like, the, everybody to the busboy would be handing you a headshot mm -hmm. and like, can I get you a mimosa? Can I get you this? Can I? Yeah. So, I own a beauty yeah. business. It's not it's not cool enough. It's not fancy no. enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I won't miss that. I, I've just, you know, like it's. That's a good one. I look forward to being God. in a place where 
everyone else is as comfortable as I am in my own skin already. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's 100%. Like, yeah. 100%. So it's like I, f I worked really hard to be comfortable in my own skin after the last two decades. I was totally fine getting out of our GMC car at that steak place. And I just wanted to flip everyone off and be like, guess what? I'm really happy with this yeah. car. So go jump in that ocean. She was really happy with the car. <laughs> I actually tried to trade it in once. She wouldn't let me. It, fit. it had a third row. Anyway. Uh, so anyway, so moving on, those are three. Am I only up to three? Oh, you are, huh? God, we got to wrap this yeah. up. Uh, and so uh, traffic. Four and, four and five. Traffic's an obvious one. I'm not going to miss. I think the whole reason podcasts were spawned was because people needed something to kill 45 minutes while they wait to get from the 405 to the 101 not even their destination. So you can get a couple <laughs> podcasts in if you're just going 12 to, miles in this town. To really put it in perspective for any of you that do not live in Los Angeles, 12 miles, an hour and 10 minutes, 12 miles. So calculate that. People on foot go further and fast, go farther. People on foot go faster than I do yeah, in my car. One mile radius, uh, anywhere the 405 and the 101 intersect during rush hour, give yourself about 30 minutes. People complain about traffic all the time in their city. I still think we have it trumped. We got it best. Yeah. Yeah, we got it the best. Okay, um, number five. And then uh, number five. Um, what Are we I really? You're not going to- I know. Okay. So I was just complaining <laughs> about this the other day. Uh, breakfast. Oh my God. Okay. So I'm not going to miss paying $18 for a Western omelet or a a veggie omelet. I'm just not going to miss yeah. it. And I'm it's not going to miss- It's why we're moving out of here. I've said this to everybody. Yeah. Find me a city where I can have breakfast for a family of five under, here comes the number, $125. For eggs. If you are a family of five, how much do you pay for breakfast? Because I can tell you in LA, and we are not talking bougie. We are talking local diner, $125. One glass of orange juice is $5. Family of five, $25 for orange juice. Did you hear that? $25 for five glasses of orange juice. Yeah. So if your hometown allows you to do all that for 50 or 60 bucks, please, by all means, Let message us, us because we're coming. We're coming. For sure. We will and definitely, like, anything, anywhere we can get eggs for half the price. I'll we're have breakfast for dinner. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Me too. Uh, and so, and, and, you know, and then on top of it, so, you know, what you're looking at, like for me to, so I met a friend for breakfast. Uh, I met him for breakfast. I had to pay $4 for parking. So it's going to be really nice to drive to a place where I don't- You I have can to just, stick to five. I just You're have on to, six now. I know. But I'm just like tallying up the whole thing. So it was $4 plus $18 plus $4 for the coffee plus uh, $5 for the orange juice and then the tip for the lady, which of course she deserves. So I'm not, I've never complained about that. But, you know, we're looking at 30 something dollars just to one person just to go and shoot it with my friend. For one, a bit. Isn't that insane? It's insane. One person. So I won't miss that. You give me your top five. I rambled right. long enough. <laughs> it's OK. <laughs> top five. OK, I will not miss helicopters above my house. Ooh. So back in yeah. the day, helicopters were only really they uh, circled up neighborhoods that were um, high in crime. Well, every place is high in crime now in Los Angeles. So you told me yourself, there's not a, there's the, the cop told you there's not an, there's not a neighborhood in Los Angeles without a meth house on the block. That is true. Yeah. yeah. So there's helicopters over our house, probably three times a week. Yeah. Yeah. I won't miss, I won't miss that. Um, I will not miss LAX airport. Ooh. LAX airport is Awful. It sucks. Yep. 
You get off the plane and you easily have to wait 45 minutes for your bags. Then you have to stand on the curb and wait another 15 minutes to catch the bus to take you to the Uber terminal. And then at the Uber terminal, terminal you then have to wait for your Uber. And then you wait an hour in um, in the car on the 405 headed to your destination. So if that, lucky. Yeah. yeah, that's a kick in the teeth. It's like a welcome to LA. And that's truly how your vacation will start. Yeah. LAX, pretty horrendous. True. Okay. That's two really good ones. I, I, I hate having to park everywhere I go. And did you know that there are certain places outside of Los Angeles? I'm talking in other cities, in other towns where you can pull up to a Chili's and not pay for parking in their parking lot. <laughs> well, I've seen such a place in Lake Havasu once, and I was as mystified as you were. Yeah, uh, it's kind of crazy, especially because it's just over—it's just over the border of California, and you can get parking when you go out to eat for free. I'm paying. I'm paying to park in the establishment's parking lot. This yeah. isn't even like they're borrowing parking from a parking structure across the street. That I'm at. no, no. This is the parking lot of the establishment. That's true. I don't want to pay for parking anymore. Yeah. I hate it. Okay. okay. I hate that. Um, <laughs> okay. I hate propositions. So propositions. we're not talking grammar propositions. Th those are prepositions. Yeah. We're talking propositions. Propositions are small laws that go into effect for your- Excuse me, lady. Are you a registered voter in the state of California? Everywhere. Every time you go in the grocery store. Go ahead. Everywhere. I just had to interrupt you. You said it with, perfectly. That's my pitch. You said it perfectly. Yeah, Excuse me, lady. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I just, no English. <laughs> <laughs> um, so propositions are horrendous. I'm sick of them. They, I swear to God, they have a proposition for chewing gum. This town is full of so many mini- laws and rules, it makes it yeah. very difficult for you to enjoy yourself here because you're always having something to deal with. Always. It's not an easy city. Yeah. You're just like, I just need butter, man. I just want butter. That you know? is it. My yeah. wife sent me here for butter. Mm -hmm. Step back. Okay. <laughs> How many is that? That's three, four? Uh, I think is that four? That's four. Uh, and then, okay. And then I have one more and it's a big finale because you know what a music lover I am. <laughs> I moved to this city for music. Yeah. That's why I moved here from Chicago. Uh, I had a great job in Chicago, but wanted to be around music, wanted to work in the music industry. I hate not being able to get into concerts in LA. This started from the moment I stepped foot on, in this city. Yeah. In this city. I remember going to a concert or wanting to go to a concert. Let me rephrase that. Wanting to go to a concert. Yeah. And my coworker said, do you have tickets? And I said, no. It was like at a small club. He said, oh, that's sold out. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like I came from a city like Chicago where you could go see any concert at any time. Uh, no, not here. It doesn't even matter if it's in a small, small venue or a big venue. Concerts are always sold out. doesn't matter who the concert is. And if you want to go, you're going to pay minimum $300 for a ticket. And that is in crappy seats. Yeah. I am so sick of that. I cannot wait to just go online and buy tickets for a show and not have to pay crazy amounts of money and be able to go. I just want to be able to go. I'll I'll even pay the money. Can I just go? And here it's impossible. Yeah, it is. Sold it's out concerts. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. That's that's definitely, especially for you, that's a special kind of torture, I think. So that is a special kind of uh, torture. So Anyway, all right. Well, I feel like we should probably wrap this up. Um, yeah, I think that we hit our five things that we love, our five things that we don't care for in this city. Uh, we talked about the three, uh, you know, uh, 
little roadblocks we've had so far on our uh, venture out of Los Angeles. Yeah. One of them being the car rental, the second one being the pod, yeah. and the third one being the Airbnb in Seattle. So, <laughs> so we don't quite have a place in Seattle yet, but our next episode, we're hoping that we will have one secured and we'll be on our way there. We promise we're going to be bigger all-stars than we were this time <laughs> around. We know we can do better. Uh, and, you know, I think next time we're going to be somewhere in the Northern California slash Oregon region. I think it might be instructive for uh, our listeners to know Ellie's perspective if she wants to sit in on a, a little podcast with us because... Ellie is the only kid in the family who's not going to have a home to come back to for the holidays, unlike her older sisters. she is not. Uh, She's not going to get the thrill of seeing her high school friends one big time where they can all brag about how amazing their lives are now in college. And uh, Yeah, because as a freshman in college, uh, the fun part of coming back for Christmas isn't just seeing your family and obviously Christmas gifts. It's actually commiserating with your friends about how your first semester of college was. And Ellie isn't going to get that because, um, well, we won't be here. There won't be a home for her to come home <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. She it's has kind our... of a dark humor for I, sure. So we should definitely have her on since she's going to be starting college and her thoughts on, you know, not having a home to come back to at Christmas. Yeah, as well as uh, being cooped up in a car with the dog and her old man and her old lady for about X amount of hours until she finally gets to her dorm in Seattle. So that's a good idea. So yeah, let's do that. Let's bring yeah, her on. I think we're going to bring the we're going to bring the youngest into the mix. And we obviously hope you follow us, SkiptownAllStars.com. And we really do appreciate all the input we've received from friends and family and you listeners. Even so far, it's more than we could have expected. And uh, everyone's been so supportive so we're yeah. we're excited to share our adventures with you and just um you know the trials and tribulations i think i said in the last podcast it's trials and tribulations because we've never done this we're not travelers we're we're doing it for the first time and we can't wait to share it all with you yeah so uh goodbye hollywood it's been an amazing run and we're really looking forward to we the are. next chapter so we'll see you on the flip side and uh catch us next week thanks bye check the mic and make sure it sound right boys bye.